Welcome to Crosswords, the podcast about practical Christianity. What does it look like to walk in Jesus' footsteps? How do I live in a culture hostile to godliness? These are questions that we'll answer on each podcast as we get our heart and mind on Jesus. All scriptures quoted are from the New International Version. You can follow me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing. And so we come to the sixth prayer recorded in the New Testament. This one is found in Colossians chapter 1, and it's about being filled with spiritual understanding. This is what the apostle is praying for. Praying for the saints to bear fruit in every good work, strengthen with all power and giving joyful thanks. We can see this prayer in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 12, which reads as follows. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Quite an in-depth prayer, lots of great details that we will unpack to teach us how to pray, how to pray in a way that is aligned with the Spirit God has given us. What are the things that the Holy Spirit wants us to pray for or to focus on when we pray? That's why we're doing this series. So let's unpack this prayer. First of all, Paul's prayer points out that he never stopped praying. It says here that he continually prayed. He says, we have not stopped praying for you. There are some things we like to always do or never stop from doing, and usually they don't focus or center around prayer. Sometimes they revolve around entertainment, like listening to music or playing games or watching videos or TV. Sometimes they revolve around food, like drinking our coffee or having our donut, things we never want to stop from doing. But one thing we must continually do that is never stop from doing is to seek the Lord in prayer. If you remember our last episode, The Five One Things, that was David's one thing he asked of the Lord, to be in his presence. And so Paul here continually asked God for Christians to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That's the main theme in this prayer, to be full of the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. The Spirit gives us wisdom and understanding through the Word of God, which we must never stop reading or studying. If we seldom look at God's Word or look at it uh, not continually, how are we going to receive 
the wisdom that the Spirit wants us to have. We must really be in the Word of God, constantly reading it, picking it up instead of going to Facebook or social media or some other form of entertainment. Let us pick up the Word of God. Let us memorize the verses of the Bible that impact us. This is the main venue the Spirit is going to use to give us wisdom and understanding. Now, the Spirit also gives us wisdom and understanding through experience, from which we should never shrink back or be afraid. If there's an experience that we're going through that uh, maybe may make you afraid, may make you hesitant, may make you shy, don't escape it. Don't shrink back from it. But welcome it, whatever emotions it may bring. Sometimes we don't want to go through experiences or we avoid experiences that might make us feel sad or upset. But we need to welcome all the different experiences that God is going to give us in life because this is how we are going to gain wisdom and understanding. Some of us, our parents are aging. We have loved ones that are sick or aging and we are fearful of the experiences that we're going to have to go through, perhaps because there will be much emotional turmoil. But we need to welcome all these things to get a well-rounded educational experience. The third way the Spirit gives us wisdom and understanding, number one was the Word of God, number two through experience. Number three is a combination of both through loving rebuke and advice, which we should never reject. Oftentimes, we're going to hear people telling us things, and we need to listen carefully because the Spirit will use anyone to give you advice or to rebuke you concerning the things that you read in the Word of God, concerning the wisdom God wants you to have. So we need to pay careful attention and listen to what the Spirit is telling us. Remember, the Spirit will never contradict his word. Everything is centered around the word of God and putting the kingdom first in our lives. The Spirit will never tell you to put the kingdom second. <laughs> he will always tell you to put the kingdom first. So why does the Spirit want to fill us with the knowledge of God's will through all the wisdom and understanding that he gives? Well, verse 10 says, so that you may live a life worthy of of the Lord. But in order to do that, we need to be full of the knowledge of His will. We need to know the will of God. If we stop seeking God or stop continually going to the Word of God, we put ourselves at risk and in peril of not being submissive to God's will through the ways that the Spirit will make it known to us. That's a place we don't want to be. Romans 12, 2 encourages us to not conform to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This process of transformation, which is how we are going to know God's will, is achieved not by trying to be like the world or by seeking to be full of things other than the Word of God. No, they're going to come by us being in the Word, by that being our main staple and diet, our go-to, then, as the verse says, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you will test God's will for your life 
by first of all being in the Word, knowing the Word of God, committing it to memory, especially those parts of the Word that convicts you. The Holy Spirit is using that to transform you, to renew your mind. And by seeking God continually in all our experiences, any experience that we have, we want to put it in perspective with what we're learning with God's Word. Also, by listening to the sound advice, heeding rebuke, we will be able to approve of God's will for us in all these ways. If we're not allowing our mind to be transformed by God's Word, then all the experiences or the rebukes or the advice will conform us to the world instead. It's that simple. We're either going to be conformed to the world or transformed by God's word. And there's only one way that we will know God's will, and that is if we are transformed. This is necessary because we need to be full of knowledge of God's will, like the verse says here in Colossians 1.10, to live a life worthy of the Lord, to please Him in every way. We won't know what pleases God. We won't know what kind of life He wants us to live unless we are full of the knowledge of His will. And what does a life worthy of the Lord look like? It's not a perfect life. That's the first thing we need to understand. God is not looking for perfection in us. If He was, then He would not have to send His Son to die in our stead, because it's Jesus, His Son, is the one who is perfect. And He imputed His perfect righteousness on us when we surrendered to Him and made Him our Lord and Savior by believing and being baptized for the forgiveness of sins. When we were born again, we put on Christ. So we have His righteousness and in His perfection. What we need to do now, once we take that first step and become saved, is now we need to allow the experience of life through God's knowledge of His Word to transform us rather than the default, which would be to conform to the world. Conforming to the world is not going to bear fruit that lasts because it will have us growing in worldliness, weakened more and more until until we die and leaving us bitter, resentful, and jaded. And that is what Jesus describes as the broad road that leads to destruction in Matthew 7, 13. But God has us on a different track. By His power at work in us, He has guided us to the narrow path, to the narrow gate, the gate of salvation, which begins on the day we're baptized, the day we're born again. And now, from that day forward, it's a path of transformation to know the knowledge of the will of God by the ways the Spirit makes it known to us, and to live a life worthy of the Lord, learning how to please Him. A life worthy of the Lord is a life that pleases Him in every way. A life worthy of the Lord, which pleases Him in every way, is one that bears good fruit in every good work, and also one that grows in the knowledge of God. That's what we see in the second part of Colossians 1.10. He says that we may live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, and thirdly, 
being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And 12, verse 12, giving joyful thanks to the Father. So there are four components that indicate the kind of life that bears good fruit, a kind of life that pleases God in every single way. So let's examine each of these four characteristics of a life that pleases the Lord. Number one, it is a life that bears fruit in every good work. When we don't bear fruit, God is not pleased any more than you would be if you're expecting something to work out for you. Like, for example, your printer, you're going to try and print something, or your car, you're going to try to turn it on, or your boiler, you want to heat up your house. Well, what happens if these things don't work? What happens if you're expecting something and all of a sudden they are not working? Well, you would be quite upset. You'd be like, well, why do I have this here if it's not producing the fruit I am I'm expecting? So, What do you do with things that don't work? Well, we tend to toss them out if we can't fix them. And a lot of Jesus' parables that reference the kingdom of heaven has God's people using their talents and being productive in the kingdom work until the Lord returns. If we're like that fig tree that doesn't produce figs when Jesus expected it to. <laughs> what did Jesus do with that fig tree? He kind of cursed it, and he, the tree withered out and died. That's uh, reminiscent of John fifteen six, where Jesus says that such branches that don't bear fruit are cut off and thrown into the fire. We need to be plugged into God, part of the vine, who is Jesus, so that we can be a branch that bears much fruit. And be like those people in the parables of the kingdom, uh, taking those talents uh, that God gives and being productive in the kingdom, reproducing whatever God has given us and bearing much fruit. So bearing fruit in every good work is a characteristic of a life that is worthy of the Lord a life that is pleasing the Lord in every which way. The second thing this verse says is that we need to be growing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 1.10 says, growing in the knowledge of God. We need to be plugged into the Word of God, as I said before. Serious Bible study, not just reading verses here and there, not treating our Bible as if it was just another social media outlet, but getting involved in serious Bible study. And I don't just mean in the Bible study that you go to at your church. That's part of it, yes. But it's for you. You need to get serious about your own desire to grow in the knowledge of God. It may involve uh, getting some good spiritual books that explore certain topics. It may be involved in various different things related to the, the Bible, but it can't substitute you and the Word of God and just digging in and learning it and reading it and committing it to memory. You need to know your Bible well and be able to defend your faith against all the attacks that Satan carries out. You can't be afford to be spoon-fed for the rest of your life. You can't just sit there and have somebody else be giving you what you need to believe. You need to grow 
in this. God expects you to be growing in his knowledge, as Paul says in this verse, and as Peter reminds his readers in 2 Peter 3.18. How will you know what God's will is for you unless you're determined to grow in his knowledge? So that was the second thing. The third thing uh, is mentioned in Colossians 1.11, being strengthened with all power. Uh, sorry, this is the fourth one, being strengthened with all power. Oh, no, sorry, the third one. I just have it wrong on my list here. All the prayers we studied in Ephesians reference God's power, and the Greek word for power is dynamis, which is where we get our word dynamite from. That's the power of God, and it's crucial for our walk on this earth to overcome anything the forces of evil throw against us. This power almost always references the indwelling of God's Spirit that we received when we were baptized for the forgiveness of sins, as it says in Acts 2.38. In this particular prayer, the power that comes by His glorious might helps us in two specific ways mentioned in the prayer here in verse 11, so that we may have great endurance and patience. So we need to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience. Endurance comes from a Greek word that means to steadfastly wait to persevere. It indicates the ability to bear up under pressure, turning the situation into something glorious. Whereas patience comes from the Greek word that means long-suffering. Actually, two words, makrothemia, which means much heat. (laughs) Never losing patience. Even though things may heat up, they go from bad to worse. Uh, and, And these really indicate strength of character. They indicate maturity and integrity. And these things are witnessed usually during times of great difficulty. If somebody's not going through great difficulty, these strengths of character are not going to be displayed. Unless we're tested, we will not be standing firm in the faith. We won't know what characteristics need to be developed so that we can glorify God in all that we do. And so uh, the last thing mentioned here in verse 12, the last characteristic of a life that pleases God, is giving joyful thanks to the Father. You know, God's joy bestowed upon a life that pleases Him is characterized by the Greek word kara, which is the word translated to rejoice exceedingly, to be cheerful, to be glad. This is a person who has a radiant and sunny-hearted attitude toward life. Why? Well, because they're thankful. They're thankful because they have been qualified to share in a glorious inheritance, as it says here in verse 12, Colossians 1.12. Being thankful, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. That is a great reason to be thankful. Think about this. I mean, if you just got a letter that uh, a great uncle that you probably never knew 
died and left you an inheritance beyond your wildest dreams. That would make you pretty happy no matter what circumstance you would be in, right? Well, think about this. If you're a Christian and you've been immersed in Christ, baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and God says here that he's qualified you to share in an inheritance that you have no idea what it is. It goes beyond any riches or glory that you can think of here on earth because it's an inheritance of his holy people in God's kingdom. I mean, that's reason every single day to be thankful no matter what your circumstances are. Thankful because we've been qualified to share in an incredible inheritance. I mean, God calls us here his holy people redeemed by the blood of Christ. We are the family of God. We're in the kingdom of light. He'll continue on to say in verse 13 of Colossians chapter 1, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What a way to end each day, grateful and thankful for where God has placed us, because no technology or wisdom of man is able to rescue us from darkness and bring us into God's kingdom where there is forgiveness of sins. No, only God is able to do that when we take on Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We believe Jesus. We obeyed his gospel and received forgiveness of sins when we were baptized in his name, receiving his spirit of power. And so it's true, as John says in 1 John 4, 4, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. All you have to continue to do now while you're in this life is fill yourself with the knowledge of his will, and continue to live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all his power, and giving joyful thanks to the Father. Thank you very much for listening. I hope the Lord gave you insight into conforming to Jesus with today's message. I always appreciate feedback. You can send me your thoughts, musings, and comments directly through the Anchor app. You can also contact me on Twitter at Kingdom underscore Saint. Walk with the Lord today and be a blessing.